Good Thursday and welcome to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. Glad to have you along here today. We'll bring you feature agricultural news reports along with a look at regional and national agricultural news. And we'll start with regional agricultural news headlines right after this. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise. Be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero. Superior bees, superior pollination. Despite chilly temperatures, tens of thousands of visitors turned out for the recent World Ag Expo, California's largest and most famous farm show. The event is renowned for its annual announcement of its top 10 products for agriculture. This year, those products included flying fruit picking autonomous robots, as well as technology to reduce off-target farm spraying. Other innovations included a mobile app for seeding efficiency and smart irrigation water delivery systems. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that AB 51, the law that makes it a crime to require job seekers and employees to sign agreements for arbitration of workplace disputes, is preempted by federal law. Accordingly, California employers can compel employees to sign mandatory arbitration agreements as a condition of employment. In a two-to-one decision, the Ninth Circuit panel ruled on February 15th that the Federal Arbitration Act preempts AB 51 because the FAA's purpose is to further Congress's policy of encouraging arbitration and AB 51 stands as an obstacle to that purpose. AB 51 is therefore preempted, that according to Judge Sandra Ikuda for the majority. The Ninth Circuit Court had partially upheld parts of AB 51 in 2021, but upon reconsideration withdrew the opinion and granted a rehearing in the Chamber of Commerce versus Bonta. With AB 51 ruled unenforceable, California employers may continue to use mandatory arbitration agreements for the time being. The state could ask the full Ninth Circuit or the U.S. Supreme Court to review the decision, though it is highly unlikely the Supreme Court would reject the panel's ruling in the case. Further employers should keep in mind that even executed mandatory arbitration agreements are enforceable if they are either procedurally or substantively unconscionable. Therefore, employers are strongly encouraged to consult with legal counsel for any policy or practice related to the use of mandatory arbitration agreements, including the drafting and review of the agreements. Responding to criticisms that he allowed too much of January's torrential rainfall to flow into the ocean, California Governor Gavin Newsom recently signed an executive order that will allow state authorities to hold more water in reservoirs for use by agricultural and urban water providers. Here's the key paragraph. The Water Board shall consider modifying requirements for reservoir releases or diversion limitations in Central Valley Water Project or State Water Project facilities to conserve water upstream later in the year in order to protect cold water pools 
for salmon and steelhead, enhance in-stream conditions for fish and wildlife, improve water quality, protect carryover storage, ensure minimum health and safety water supplies, or provide opportunities to maintain or to expand water supplies north and south of the Delta. Newsom's order does not change priorities, but it does give more leeway for conserving water for agricultural and other uses. It provides flexibility to manage across all these beneficial uses, whether that's protecting water supply or the environment. That according to Jennifer Pierre, general manager of the state water contractors. At present, the state is in a condition of the fast winter start. It remains to be seen whether the fast winter start will be followed by unusually dry conditions, which occurred in both 20 to 21 and 21 to 22. And practically everyone agrees that however much precipitation falls for the rest of the season, the region's longstanding drought will not be over in one year. Bakersfield-based International Fruit Genetics LLC, a table grape breeder, is commemorating the 20th anniversary of the breeding of the cotton candy grape. The cotton candy grape was first naturally bred in 2003 by geneticist, horticulturalist, and co-founder of IFG, Dr. David Kane. But it took 10 more years before the cotton candy grape started to appear in retail stores. Since then, its popularity has flourished, and the grapes are now grown in 13 countries with more than 34,000 U.S. tons produced and sold in main market destinations. The cotton candy table grape began a few years after Dr. Kane started IFG with a goal of producing delicious and novel table grapes. Researchers from the University of Arkansas's fruit breeding program were showcasing a purple Concord grape that had a certain flavor. Dr. Kane decided to join forces with John Clark, the program's director and a horticulture professor within the university system division of agriculture. And in 2003, IFG signed an agreement. Dr. Kane then went to work on cross-pollinating their grapes with a dozen California varieties in his test fields in Delano, California. A few years later, when seedlings were fruiting, a group of school children touring the IFG facilities was given a chance to taste the grapes, and immediately the students said the grapes tasted like cotton candy. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has posed sanctions on produce businesses for failing to meet contractual obligations to the sellers of produce they purchased and failing to pay reparation awards issued under the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act. These sanctions include suspending the business's PACA licenses and barring the principal operators of the businesses from engaging in PACA licensed business or other activities without approval from USDA. Operating out of Los Angeles, Moss Can Everything Incorporated failed to pay $23,580 award in favor of a California seller. As of the issue and state of the reparation order, Jamie Ortega was listed as the sole operator, officer, director, and stockholder of the business. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. New Holland's new broad 11.90X multi-harvester may look like a mechanical wine grape harvester on steroids, but it's actually designed to harvest super high-density olives, almonds, and possibly Florida citrus groves. 
New Holland brought the machine from Europe to launch into North American markets at the recent World Ag Expo in Tulare, California. Tanner Cady, product marketing manager for New Holland Agriculture North America, said the 11.90X draws from key features of broad self-propelled grape harvesters, which have been on the market for decades. At the same time, the new machine also incorporates components specific to super high-density tree crops. So this is the 11.90X multi-harvester. We just recently brought it to North America, made out of it France, Coex France. It was originally targeted towards super high density trees. So for our California market, mainly focused on olives um, and almonds is kind of a new and upcoming thing. We've also been toying with the idea of doing citrus, which would be more in the Florida area. But this machine basically shakes the tree. We have our bow rods here, top to bottom. And then the fruit, anything you're picking, falls into our noria buckets. Now our noria buckets, this is a, a very different design from what you'll see with our other competitors, runs in conjunction with my ground drive. So however fast I drive the machine, that's how fast my noria buckets are going to travel. So my noria buckets collect the fruit, takes it up the back of the harvester, and dumps it onto a conveyor belt. And that conveyor belt then passes over a fan, and that fan is pulling out leaves and any wood, any material I don't want that's not fruit. Chops it up, sends it out the back of the machine, leaving just my fruit to either go over onto my export arm, which is gonna go into a gondola pulled by a tractor, or is gonna go into my hopper, which I can then dump into that same gondola. The 11.90X is powered by a six-cylinder, 182-horsepower engine, similar to those on New Holland's T6-sized tractors. In almonds or olives, it has a top speed of 2.5 miles per hour. This is a six-cylinder inline engine. It, this is running 182 horsepower. This is very similar to what you'd see in like our T6-sized tractors. Katie admits that New Holland may not be the name that's well known as far as nut harvesters, but he said they brought the machine over specifically to do demonstrations for high-density olive producers and super high-density almond growers. The machine performs what's known as off-ground harvesting for almonds, meaning it shakes the crop and catches the nuts before they touch the ground. With off-ground harvesting, the almonds still have to be dried using a drying facility like those used for prunes or walnuts after hulling or the nuts can be taken to a drying yard where they're spread on the ground and allowed to air dry. How we want to go about it is most people know our grape harvesters. Uh, those have been a little bit more well known. They've been around for a lot longer. This is essentially an upgrade from our previous model, which was our 9090X. Okay? Basically the same design that you see here, but this is a bigger, much larger chassis, much larger picking head. We're in very close contact with a lot of our, with some of the newer olive growers as well as our new super high density almond growers. We brought this machine specifically to do demos with those customers because you're right, not a lot of people know that we have this machine available. This is a, a, a huge solution to especially the almond guys who are used to doing a conventional pick, which is sweeping them up off the ground, which we don't want to do. We want to avoid any contact with the soil. We also want to eliminate the dust that's going into the air. This will resolve both of, the, of those problems. We're catching them into the buckets and we're shaking it directly off of the tree without making any contact with the ground. The new harvester also comes equipped with Smart Steer, which is similar to GPS, but without the GPS. Instead, Katie said it uses a 3D vision camera that helps position the machine and keep it atop the center of each row. So Smart Steer works kind of like GPS, 
but without the GPS. So it's a 3D vision camera mounted right at the top of the cab that essentially is scanning the canopy and determining where center is. So it's not only measuring the canopy you're currently over top, but it's also looking at the two rows on either side to find center. Now, if we're in like a young vineyard, for example, I can actually use the picking head to fine tune the, the steering. So the picking head that you see here, as well as on our grape harvesters, is on a pendulum. So it swings back and forth, uh, which if you don't have smart steer, it does tell me in the screen, hey, you're driving too far to the left, too far to the right. With smart steer plus my 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 the swing in my picking head i can get that picking head perfectly over the row without doing any damage to a young vine or a young tree the 11.90x also comes with a number of standard features as well as optional add-ons that enhance operator comfort for example the enclosed cab provides one of the quietest environments on the market the high cab clearance also offers clearer visibility over the crop rows in addition, the machine has a dampening system that helps reduce bumps that might be encountered driving through an orchard. This is going to be one of the quietest cabs on the market when it comes to these, these types of harvesters. Now our picking head is also mounted in such a way where we have basically an absorption block. So in this, in this case, on this harvester, we have four. So we have two in the back and two in the front. What that's doing is it's absorbing all of the vibration from the picking head so you feel little to none sitting in the seat. Now we have other features that are not standard equipment but are optional. For example, like a heated seat or air conditioned seat, um, or if you want the nice fabric, you know, says New Holland, you know, that's all an option. It's not necessarily standard, just to make the, the operator feel a little more comfortable. Everything is adjustable in terms of the seat, the seat travel, the IntelliView travel, which is the, the screen in the cab for every, every operator. We want it to be within reach, so you're not having to lean forward, lean side to side, and is also very easy to operate. Probably the biggest selling point in terms of comfort and operator fatigue would be the IMS system that the harvester has installed into its software, which is the intelligent management system. How that works is if I create a demand with the harvester, meaning maybe I raise it up and down, I tilt it, I run the picking head, whatever it may be, the engine automatically accelerates. So I don't have to worry about messing with the throttle. The machine does that on its own, no matter what. Roading it, harvesting, I don't even have to touch it. That, you know, you look at a tractor and you're always messing with the throttle, right? That's a huge operator fatigue when you're doing it all day. Super high density almond orchards are all about trying to maximize efficiency and yields on each acre. And New Holland's 11.90X, which is a beast of a harvester, can help growers achieve those goals. This is Vicki Boyd reporting for My Ag Life. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. 
The Food and Drug Administration has announced draft recommendations on the naming of plant-based foods that are marketed and sold as alternatives to milk. The guidance recommends that an alternative milk product that includes the term milk and has a nutrient composition different than milk include a voluntary nutrient statement that conveys how the product compares with milk. Jim Mulhern, president and CEO of the National Milk Producers Federation, says the announcement is a step towards labeling integrity for consumers of dairy products. Though Mulhern says the guidance falls short of ending a decades-old problem of misleading plant-based labeling using dairy terminology. Senate Democrat Tammy Baldwin and Republican Jim Risch in a joint statement say this misguided rule will hurt America's dairy farmers and rural communities. Baldwin and Risch announced their intention to reintroduce the Dairy Pride Act, which would require the Food and Drug Administration to issue guidance for nationwide enforcement of mislabeled plant-based products within 90 days of implementation. The Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance has released policy recommendations for the 2023 Farm Bill. Further reducing emissions throughout agriculture and forestry supply chains will require a comprehensive effort involving financial and technical assistance, research investments, proactive response to innovation, public-private partnerships, and a commitment to equitable opportunities for all producers. FACA's recommendations, developed by the 23-member steering committee, are divided into six categories, conservation, risk management, and credit, energy, food waste, forestry, livestock, and dairy, and research extension and innovation. FACA's past recommendations have provided guidance to members of Congress and administration officials and have been credited with shaping federal laws and programs. President of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Zippy Duvall, says they look forward to working with Congress to strengthen Title I programs, improve risk management tools, and use these FACA recommendations to advance their sustainability mission in a manner that respects farmers and ranchers as partners. Earlier this month, Central Washington's Dan Newhouse led his House colleagues in the introduction of the Prohibition of Agricultural Land for the People's Republic of China Act. The legislation would prohibit the purchase of public or private agricultural land in the United States by foreign nationals associated with the government of the People's Republic of China. The chair of the Western Caucus added the issue of those close to the Chinese government owning U.S. farmland is one of national security. For any, any adversarial country potentially gain control of any link in our su- uh, supply chain, especially our food supply chain, that could have truly negative consequences. Imagine how quickly we could be literally brought to our knees if our su- food supply was compromised. Newhouse's legislation was introduced days before a Chinese spy balloon was spotted over Montana and eventually shot down off the coast of South Carolina. I've been working on this issue for at least two years now. We just introduced new legislation in this Congress to address it. This is going to be one of the major topics that the select committee looks at. The balloon thing just uh, helps people understand how important the work we're going to do is to our country. So timing is everything. Newhouse added he's hopeful lawmakers will take this proposal as an opportunity to consider what steps should be taken to benefit the safety and security of Americans and American farming. Demand for hydrogen in the U.S. is projected to increase several fold by 2050 as its production becomes more cost competitive. Although hydrogen is the most abundant element on Earth, molecular hydrogen is not found naturally in nature and needs to be produced from a feedstock such as water, biomass, or fossil fuels. And all these processes require energy. Alex Badgett, researcher at the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Golden, Colorado, says they have developed a framework to evaluate the economics of hydrogen production. 
The most common way that hydrogen is made is using a steam methane converter, which relies on natural gas to make the hydrogen. He says there are some new emerging technologies that do not rely on natural gas. And he explains why this new hydrogen analysis light production model is particularly important for ag fertilizer production. You know, when we make ammonia, which is you know essential for an agricultural fertilizer, right? Ammonia production and ammonia use as a fertilizer supports a lot of the agriculture worldwide today. So it's a really important commodity. Now, the way that we make ammonia today conventionally uses that steam methane reforming of natural gas pathway to make hydrogen that I had mentioned. Ammonia or NH3 has you know nitrogen and hydrogen in that chemical molecule. So we need hydrogen and plus nitrogen to make that ammonia. Badgett says if you can change the way ammonia is made, there is the possibility to change where it's made and integrate the use of renewable energy such as wind energy, which means more fertilizer plants could be located where currently there are not any plants. For more information, do a search for H2A using the number 2. Carbon smart agriculture and carbon farming are two terms that continue to gain in popularity. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain talks more about what these terms entail and what they represent. Consumers, even some producers, may wonder what carbon farming is. Vaughn Stewart of Indigo Ag provides some carbon farming 101. The market is emerging for carbon farming practices that generate carbon credits that are then sold to buyers who are trying to reduce their carbon emissions. For producers, it means doing farming as they usually do. But enhance that with beneficial soil health practices like planting cover crops or no-till. These practices are actually working to take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it into the soil, or in the case of reduced tillage or no-till, keep the carbon in the soil where it creates a richer, healthier soil. An increasing number of private companies and public entities offer verification models that determine soil carbon sequestration. We measure that in terms of a ton of carbon equals one carbon credit. With carbon credits sold to companies making sustainability claims. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.